0: Hello everybody, how's it going? Ben Gothard here with another Project Egg interview and today we are talking to Sweta Patel from San Diego. How you doing today Sweta?
1: Great, and yourself?
0: Fantastic, thanks so much for asking and I really appreciate your time coming on this interview. So let's get started, let's jump right in. My first question for you is what is your story?
1: So um, my entrepreneurial journey started back in college. This was back in 2006, and um, I had a huge passion, I still do, for young women in um, domestic violence situations. So what I did was um, I got a bunch of partners together, and we built this whole campaign called Pain to Victory, where we reached out to... 80 different domestic violence homes all across the U.S. and um, this campaign was all about turning your pain into a story and um, using five minutes of any sort of art to be able to express yourself. So um, in this campaign, we sold over 30,000 copies of my book, and that's where my passion for marketing came along because I felt like okay, you know, if I did this for myself. Starting at ground zero, I could help a lot of other people get their passion out there as well so that's when I opened my first marketing agency in San Diego and um, I partnered with a PR firm and we both um, Worked together to build uh, a team that was PR social me- media driven and we were going after national brands and um, Throughout the years, you know, I, I learned a lot. I made really bad hiring decisions and um, had to unfortunately close the agency, Um, and I started working with a few coaches who were going to help me with my business, instead of helping me, they actually um, made things worse. So I had no choice but um, to move to Northern California in Silicon Valley, where I was recruited by an incubator. 500 startups to work with their startups and portfolio startups and um, you know I just started working for free because um, I wanted to show them that you know what it really meant when somebody was invested in your startup and that's something I never got to experience because of all the scams that I was involved in and I was just this entrepreneur who was aspiring to get somewhere and you know you you run into these roadblocks where people take advantage of that they see that as a vulnerable thing and they're like oh, okay this is like good prey for me to make some money from and it's like it's hard as it is to be an entrepreneur to have that vision to have that sort of um, goal in, in life and then to you know be sort of scammed by coaches and people like that it shatters your dreams so i had to kind of have a reset with my whole um, business and what i really wanted to do um, and now i'm working on um, building a community of founders and marketers and um, my long-term goal is to build out some dashboards for them Um, Which is going to be uh, a business in itself. So, and launching a book hopefully in the spring.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. That's incredible. So, you know, I kind of want to go back to uh, to your past and dig a little bit deeper here. Um, So, you said your entrepreneurial journey started when you were in college, uh, but but I want to go a little bit before that. Um, You know, what what was your childhood like? You know, what what sort of home were you brought up in and and Maybe you could take us through chronologically how you got to college.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tough because I didn't really have um, the best family dynamics. and um, But I just had this will and I had this strong drive. And my family dynamics were, I mean, not so great. I could have taken all these other paths that wouldn't have served me in the long run but it was my will that wanted me to be independent. My will to, I've always had this motto. um, And I still do. And I always think, you know, it's, it's dollar over dudes for me because I feel like, you know, my whole life, I never wanted to depend on a guy. And for me, depending on anyone, even like my own family is seen as like a weakness. And, um, I wanted to be strong and independent, and the only way to do that is, um, you know, be an entrepreneur, have be your own, and be unique, and so that's the the path I decided to take. And um, in high school, I was, you know, having a lot of illnesses. Um, I was hospitalized for a few weeks, and I couldn't do anything. and um, You know, uh, eventually, over time, the illnesses went away, and um, I was told that I couldn't be running marathons, I couldn't be doing anything, and um, actually, you know, um, the illnesses helped me come back stronger, and um, I ran my fourth um, half marathon this year, so... yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey, and um, I know that it's it's been a struggle. But my experiences have definitely shaped me to be the person I am today. And I look at people who you know have grown up in normal households with both both parents always being there and present, and you know I I have a hard time relating to that because everything was sort of spoon fed to them where. For me, it wasn't. But you know, the thing is, like, if you put them in a place where they've never been before, they're going to have a hard time. Where well, for me, I'm already assimilated. So um, that's where you know, even though I have to work harder than the average bear to um, get to where I want to go, because I wasn't born with the talent, and I just was born with this will and this drive to to get somewhere. And um, and that's what's taken me, you know, from I guess point A to where I am today.
0: That's incredible. That really is incredible. So, you know, when you were when you were in high school and, and growing up, um, you said your entrepreneurial journey started when you were in college. But what sort of of tendencies um, did you exhibit that that kind of pointed to or foreshadowed that you would become an entrepreneur later on? You kind of mentioned drive and independence. Uh, But were there any real defining moments that you could point to that really helped shape you to become an entrepreneur later on?
1: I would say, you know, um, my my, I guess like my desire to um, want to build something that impacted the world and I wanted to always serve. And my desire to serve was a lot more larger at scale than to serve a company per se. Um, I wanted to help people out in mass and the only way I could do that was to build something that would then help them out in mass. So that's the, the, that's the path I decided to take.
0: That's awesome. That's incredible. So uh,
1: even, um, oh, sorry to interject, but like even every job I held, you know, in high school, um. I couldn't even keep it because I was struggling to work in this job mindset but you know I'm an entrepreneur at heart so for me it's like you know I work all the time there is no one time I can't just work 9 to 5 and that's the that's the other thing that like I was trying to mold myself into this person that you know constantly work but it wasn't the case
0: absolutely absolutely so um, let's let's segue into your into your college years to to when you first um, really started to develop as an entrepreneur. Um, can you talk about what really sparked that um, that uh, entrepreneurial bug, if you will? You know, because when you have it, you know you know what it is. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. So what what was that thing that finally clicked for you that you're like, all right, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I want to pursue with my life and being an entrepreneur is, is it? Um,
1: At this, at the time it was like helping young women and I wanted to help young women because I saw so many people struggling with relationships, with their goals in life, with being independent, depending on, you know, anybody. And I kind of wanted to help women steer away from that. And the desire for that was what really got me in this entrepreneurial mindset because I was working with, for this purpose. It wasn't about the money, um, which, you know, like I, I never looked at, hey, how much money am I going to make from this? It was always like, okay, how am I going to get them from point A to point B? How am I going to help these people that are struggling? and there's clearly a problem because, you know, I keep seeing the same thing over and over again, and it's not a good result.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned that your first real um, challenge, if you will, was uh, the the program Pain to Victory, I believe you said. Um, Can you talk about what steps that you took in order to bring together those partners that you said you worked with and and how did you do it, right? I mean, so I believe you said you sold thirty thousand copies of, of a of a book. Can you can you talk about what you did to to get those people together, to organize this asset, and then how you how you sold that many copies?
1: Yeah. So initially, it started with the domestic violent homes and trying to get them to agree with my vision. Um, it was all about selling the vision and. Um, the passion behind the vision and that's when everybody wanted to get involved because they're like oh wow like i see that you know you're doing something that's going to impact the world in a big way and i want to be a part of that and so that's really how i got the initial partners and the sponsors um was just by spreading the vision i literally had nothing but one sheet of paper that explain like what I wanted and um, how everything would work but my passion is what really drove that vision and propelled it forward um, in front of these partners who then wanted to be a part of it and get involved.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So so then once you got those partners um, can you talk a little bit about how y'all actually work together like the, the process that you, you took step by step in order to accomplish the goals that you did.
1: Yeah. So step by step, I mean, first it was about you know um, setting these domestic violent homes like in the spreadsheet and knowing that you know where these are the homes we're going to be targeting, these are the victims we're targeting, um, and then also you know moving forward with um, okay, so where can I go to find complementary organizations that may also want to take part in this. So that was just a lot of Googling, outreach, um, calling, meeting people in places, and setting up those partnerships. And then getting those partnerships to help me promote this and to their audiences and to get them involved, and then also helping me sell the sponsorships as well so um, it kind of all collectively came together. But um, step by step, I mean, of course, like each step has more details than that. But that was the main sort of premise.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I think we're providing a ton of value on this interview. And I, and I absolutely appreciate that. Um, but well, let's let's go let's go further. Let's let's drill down. I, I mean, I, I really want to dig deep into how this came about because I mean, selling thirty thousand copies of anything is is quite an achievement. So I think it'd be the most valuable for those listening if we could really uh-huh. dive in and talk about the the actual steps that you took um, and and maybe provide it in an actionable format so that somebody else could come back and kind of follow your blueprint to success.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the 30,000 books came from the 80 domestic violent homes that I was reaching out to and um, setting up these different campaigns because every domestic violent home had about 60 victims there. So, like, 80 of them, right? It adds up. Um, And then, of course, all the speaking engagements. So, like, I had my year planned out in advance. Every single day, I was going on a podcast interview. I was speaking somewhere. I was having a book signing. I was doing something that was going to increase the reach of my book in mass. And as a writer, as somebody who is promoting something, that's how gung-ho you have to be about it. It's like, you know, you you have a new single out, you're on tour. Every day is like on the grind for you you can't just like produce something and hope that everyone's going to buy it especially in this competitive space you have to constantly be um you know promoting stuff and promoting your speech promoting like what you want to promote about the book doing book signings engaging with your audience i mean the days that i didn't have an interview or i wasn't speaking I'd be sending out an email to about, you know, a hundred thousand people on a cold email list trying to get them interested. So like I was always doing something and I was focused on revenue generating activities. So, um, it wasn't like, you know, my days were planned out to the point where today I'm going to do this and that that's it. And I'm going to stop right there. It's like this constant, like notion of always thinking of how can I promote this, how can I get it out there? And you know, I look back and I'm like, hey, you know, it it was a tough year of hustling and getting people involved, but it was worth it because now I look back, I'm like, you know, wow, thirty thousand people, how did I do that? But it makes sense because, you know, everything adds up and people help you out. And that's what really Um, it like increased the numbers exponentially was when other people helped me promote it as well and they would receive some sort of um, earnings per sale usually around like six dollars or something per book sale so that was another avenue to promote it and of course like um, building your brand building your brand is so important because when you have that audience you can sell anything
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. So, um, you know, I wanna I wanna keep moving forward. Um, you, you, you mentioned how, after you had this phenomenal year and and you know you reached those thirty thousand people, um, that you realized your passion for marketing, and you then started your own marketing agency. So, can you talk about how you made that transition, out of, or or if you made a transition out of it? Um, how you move from, you know, going and speaking and, and going on all these podcasts and doing book signings and reaching out to people? How you move from that to starting your own agency and what that looked like chronologically?
1: Yeah, so um, after the book tour, I took a break and um, I saw that, wow, like I could really provide value um, to companies who want me to do their marketing because I not only built my brand from ground up, I was able to promote this book um, from 0 to 30,000 copies, you know, and get people engaged. So I think that that's pretty valuable for any company that would want to have those goals or produce a book or anything. So I just started, um, you know, like working at different startups in San Diego. And um, I just said, hey, what sort of value would you put on something like this? Like I would share my experience and I said hey if I were to do this for you what what is the value of it and that's when you know I would get answers like hey can you do this for me and I got like my first five clients and then that's when I was like okay I need an office space like I need a team I can't just do this on my own so that's when I started hiring people and um yeah getting things done um like on a daily basis with them and being able to execute, it was all about the execution um, and getting the team to be involved and in hiring the right people, which I wasn't doing. <laughs> so, um, but that's what really got me from you know the the book to the marketing agency, and then having the marketing agency dealing with clients. I, I realized that I was always chasing something. I wasn't you know, fulfilled, because I was either chasing clients, I was chasing the goals of the company, or I was chasing like team members to stay on. And that's not the type of culture I wanted to create. And that's when I was struggling with my business and I hired these business coaches to help me and um, they didn't really help me. So I had to kind of just shut down and close shop and um, start over again.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned that there were a few uh, points where you had some hires that didn't really work out. Um, You know, just because I think that learning from both successes and struggles uh, is, is valuable, can you talk about some of the things that you would have done differently? If you could go back, what things would you have done differently in order to improve that hiring process and make sure that you don't bring in these people that are not going to help you move uh, forward?
1: Um, so yeah, one of the things I would have done is start out slow, you know, like give them a test, um, have them do the test and you know, if, if they do a good job, then pay them for the test, but, um, give them small projects to handle at first. And if they do well with those, then give them bigger projects and make it a slow, um, Slow process. The other thing is, look for chemistry. I, I always look for like skills and like industry knowledge, and um, that really didn't help me um, because I was like, the chemistry was not there, um, and it was hard to work with people that just weren't on the same page as you. And that's something I struggled with strongly. So, um, that's one thing I look for now is like, hey, do we jive together? Are we, you know, do we have similar goals? Do we have a similar vision? Do I like working with this person on a daily basis? And and then how? Look at their potential. I mean, does this? Look at their character. Is this person going to be reliable? Are they going to be able to produce? And so then that's how you assign them a small project and chat, right? And then to see how valuable they are. I like how um, Elon Musk goes about hiring people. And like, he will, anytime somebody, you know, wants a raise or wants to be promoted, he's had this sort of idea where he's like, okay, why don't you leave for two weeks? And let me see how valuable you were to the company. And if you're not that valuable, then you can just go and be gone. If you are, then, you know, I'll, I'll promote you. So that I I like that approach, you know, but, um, and I also look at like, How they talk about success like are they talking about success from the perspective of it's all about them and the world revolves around them or are they talking about success from like a a team standpoint and how they brought success to a bunch of teams or how they were involved in the whole success process and the failure process so i always ask them you know what's your biggest success and what's your biggest failure and I see how they describe that and see if, you know, um, it's uh, it's in line with, like, a team effort.
0: Absolutely. And th- that is seriously valuable information. Um, you know, for anybody who is looking to build a team, I highly encourage you to, to go back and watch, um, watch the, this part a couple times and really let it sink in what Sweat is talking about because... Um, you were dropping some some serious value bombs there, so um, you know let's uh, let's let's keep let's keep moving forward. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the the coaches who you know you brought on to help your business, but uh, inadvertently ended up hurting your business. Um, can you talk about uh, the kind of the red flags that started to appear? Um, before they started to negatively impact your business like if you were to go if you were to go back and it's kind of similar to the to the previous question with hiring but but now for for coaches um, how could you avoid getting scammed by these by these people?
1: Um, so now I, uh, I like see which what value they have to offer you know not just by them telling me because I used to be the type of person that's like, okay um, if they tell me something or if I was referred to them by a good friend of mine they must be good but that's never been the case so um, now I look at like all around you know um, I look at hey is this person really invested in are they do they have an interest at heart in my success or do they not? And that's how I base it on and you know somebody who wants to genuinely help you out isn't going to charge you a lot of money to do that and if they're really that successful they really don't need the money from you they they want to provide value and they want to serve and that's what I'm looking for um, in a coach now
0: fantastic fantastic and again you know, if you're looking to bring on new people to your team or to bring in coaches to help you out with your business, go back and watch this the, this part of the interview a couple times and really let that sink in because it is very, very valuable to bring in the right people to work with. So go back and look at that a couple times. Um, so let's uh, let's let's keep moving forward. Um, we talked about how uh, after those couple of unfortunate people. Um, you know, you were interacting with through your business, whether it be hires or coaches, you had to close shop. Um, When you did close shop, um, how did you transition out of being an agency owner and what did you do once you did close shop to, as you were saying, reset and kind of keep moving forward?
1: Yeah, so I kind of, I had to, you know, let my team members know that, hey, we're closing doors. Um, Luckily, I was partnered with a PR agency that still was in business and they took a lot of my clientele. So that was never an issue. Um, And then we basically had um, I had to tell, you know, my investor that, hey, we have to close shop and um, I had to like pay them back. um, And that's one of the biggest things that was important to me. Was being able to pay back the investors and still having that that trust. So um, yeah, those were the steps that I had to take to kind of end everything.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about um, how you went and uh, started working with that incubator. Um, you know, I believe chronologically that happened after you closed your business. Can um, you talk about? what you were looking for in that incubator and how that helped you to really jumpstart your, uh, your, your career again.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with the incubator, I was actually invited, um, from San Diego to work there. And, um, initially it was just to help their startups and I was speaking there and then that's when I really got into it and I said, Hey, you know, I, I can do more than just speak. Um, so so that's when I cut a deal with them and I said, hey, I need to pay back my investors. I need to sort of turn my life around and um, how can I do that in the time that I have? And this was probably the best opportunity I could have to make that happen.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about... Um, about what you're doing now. Uh, you mentioned a couple different things. You mentioned a community that you're building, uh, but you also mentioned a book that you're launching. Um, so can you kind of us, uh, take us to chronologically how you started building this community, what steps you're taking now? Maybe just tell us more about that.
1: So the community is basically consisting of startups that I work with and founders I've worked with and marketers that I've known for years. So through like meetups and other networking events. So basically this community um, where founders meet marketers in this place called the Founders Growth Exclusive, um, I want to teach founders how they can steer growth and why it's important for them to steer growth within their organization and not rely on the marketer. Because uh, if you look at the tenor of a CMO, it's like two years more or less. And they're also like the least respected in the in the C-suite. Um, and, you know, if anything goes wrong with the revenue, the first person to blame is the marketer. So why would anyone want to be a marketer when they have to live with all of that? So that's why I created this sort of community to help founders make smarter decisions around their revenue growth and really take growth into their own hands and then direct and delegate based on their growth goals.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, are all of the people in the community people that you've worked with personally or can anybody uh, join and how does somebody actually go about joining that community?
1: So yeah, it's everybody that I've worked with personally and um, yeah, and they can go back and join um, just through my website, svstartupmarketing.com I'm working on revamping it, but um, it's uh, right now it's like bare minimal.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm actually going to put links down below where you can go and join Sweat's community, um, and or you know maybe apply to join Sweeda's community, um, and then you know y'all can uh, continue the conversation more one on one from there. Uh, but but let's let's keep going and let's let's talk about your book uh, because that's very exciting. You said you're launching a new book. He tell us first what the title is, and then uh, give us a a synopsis of what you're going to be talking about.
1: So the title is Demand Generation IRL, and um, IRL meaning in real life, and um, it's all about setting up the team, to setting up your system, to really setting up a demand gen strategy that propels your business forward, and um, it's, it's mostly for startups. Because I, I see this over and over again, they don't know how to set up their sort of, um, I guess, like systems, they don't know how to set up their channels, they don't know what to measure, and this is helping them take a more measurable approach with um, their goals. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. So can you give us uh, like a little bit of a teaser of some of the, the core concepts that you're going to be talking about and, and, you know, give us some actionable skills that we can start implementing in our own business today.
1: Yeah. Like how to set, you know, healthy goals and how to set a budget because like everybody has this like idea of what the budget should be, but then when they actually crack down on the numbers, they, they're like, oh, wow, you know, but your budget is actually based on your revenue goals. and. Um, and so that's the first thing, and then how to you know, put together a Grand Slam marketing team and um, using that to set up your channels the right way, how to measure revenue when you do see it coming in, how to track everything um, from A to Z, and lastly, how to report to the board because um, you'll need to have the right numbers to do that sort of reporting.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So. You know, we talked a little bit about your past. Um, we talked a little bit about what you're doing now. But, um, you know, I want to I ask you, uh, what is your biggest um, your biggest focus right now? What is the thing that you wake up every day and you, you work on and you, you're going 100% on right now?
1: It's my um, passion for this community. I really want to grow this community of marketers and founders to nearly 10,000 people in a couple of years.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, moving forward uh, in in the future, where do you see yourself going? You know, where do you where do you see yourself in the next 5, 10, 20 years?
1: I see myself working with a lot of different startup incubators and in setting up their processes around sales and marketing, and um, basically building out my product um, with the dashboards that helps founders track revenue and track real-time conversions using AI. And um, that's that's really where I see myself in the next five to ten years is to, you know, get these initial things launched, build the audience, and then be able to build something that's going to help them track revenue
0: fantastic fantastic and you know as far as as far as technically um, you know skill wise how, how are you gonna go about building this community and and building this audience that you can then help and provide value to
1: yeah so a lot of it is just um... Uh, A lot of it is through, of course, online marketing um, and meeting people. I mean, this is my Rolodex that I'm kind of dumping into this community along with um, other people that I know that also have Rolodexes and um, doing a lot of cold email outreach and email marketing campaigns, co-promotions.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So. You know, we we've been talking a lot about the professional sweater and you know all the incredible business things that you're doing, um, but uh-huh. can you, but can you give us a little bit of an insight on your on your personal life? You know, what where are you personally nowadays, and and you know what do you what do you see yourself doing moving forward?
1: Yeah, so now I'm focused on um, just like I love salsa dancing, I love running. I'm focused on basically running a marathon a couple marathons in the coming year and um i'm also uh, wanting to go to a different like salsa congress to just you know better my skills i've been dancing for about 10 years now so that's something that i like to do in my downtime and um coaching girls um young girls that also have a passion for running and um helping them reach their dreams and um I do a lot of um, work with kids who have disabilities, but um, want to be able to, you know, um, be performing as, like, an athlete, so I play different sports with um, kids with disabilities as well.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, So, you know, Sweda, I definitely want to thank you so much for jumping on this interview today. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, I do have one more question for you, though. Um, and, and that is, is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we did not cover today? In other words, what did I miss?
1: Um, so I guess like in terms of um, contacting me, um, anybody, I, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always willing to help out. I love answering questions. Drop me a line, um, Sweta at com, And then um, I think we we pretty much went into depth about everything then.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, again, Sweta, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the interview today. Really do appreciate your time and to everybody in the Project Egg community. I want to thank y'all. Y'all are the reason that we do this. and uh, again, all the links that we talked about are going to be down below in the show notes. So go check those out. Highly, highly encourage you to reach out to Sueda. Um So yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, let's build a better world together. Thank you. Thanks,
1: man.